0: Who was the owner and CEO of Blush? Answer at the end of the episode. The citizens of Pawnee. I would like to go on record. Speaking as a citizen of Pawnee. Clothes. Treat yourself. Fragrances, Treat yourself. Massages. Treat yourself. What I said was, give me all the bacon and eggs you have. My mom's Puerto Rican. That's why I'm so lively and colorful says you could have network connectivity problems. Jogging is the worst, Chris. I mean, I know it keeps you healthy, but God, at what cost? Dr. Harris, you are literally the meanest person I've ever met. Uh, Gary, Jerry, Larry, Gurgich, Gengarge. I love you and I like you. I love you and I like you. Hello, welcome to Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast, where I discuss anything and everything from character breakdowns to episode rewatches, as well as some other trivia and tidbits about the show. My name's Brian, and I will be your host. This is episode number 60 being recorded Sunday, March 12th, 2023, and today I'm going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 4, Boys Club. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email Pawnee at gmail.com. You can also follow and message the show on Instagram at podcast, as well as my other page at Parks Rec Memes. And just a reminder, this podcast will have full spoilers for... The entire series. <clears throat> Ooh, all right, I apologize if I seem a little loopy right now. I just got done recording with my sister on our other podcast, uh, Horror Copia. If you're interested, go ahead and check that out. So, yeah, I uh, I kind of I wanted to do this. I like doing these episodes earlier in the week, but I just uh, I had a really busy weekend. Daddy daughter dance. Uh, We had some car trouble, so our car is actually at the shop right now. It's not going to be ready till tomorrow, which really sucks because my wife and I both work uh, during the day. We're going to have to figure out a driving situation. So, but I think we got it taken care of. So, Um, but yeah, I just uh, it's you know Sunday, obviously good day, but Sunday is the day going back to work. And I was thinking about it earlier, and this is just such a dumb dumb thing to even think about because it doesn't really matter, but. What do you, to anyone listening, if you want to reach out and answer, sure, if not, whatever, it's just a rhetorical question, but um, what do you prefer, um, Mondays off or Fridays off? So, you know, Friday, you get an early start to the weekend, great, three-day weekend. Monday, you get a late start to the week, again, three-day weekend, but which one is better? So, I was thinking about this on my way to work because I'm just my mind was completely empty as it is usually when I'm driving to work. And uh, most of the time when I get to work, it's like, how the hell did I get here? (laughs) Because I don't really remember the drive. But anyway, for me personally, I like Mondays off. I like starting the week later, you know, your first day in, you're already into that week. And Mondays just suck in general. You know, people are usually like in shittier moods, Monday, Tuesday, but then, you know, Wednesday's hump day. So everyone's just having fun saying the word hump. And then Thursday, I feel like people are in a good mood Thursday because Friday's coming up. Then when you get to Friday, most people are in a really good mood because the weekend's coming up. So I feel like if you can cut out that Monday, you got to already you're started into the week. And if you're going to get people in a better mood on like Thursdays and Fridays, hey, come on, man. If everyone's happy in the workplace, It's a a done deal. So this is a really stupid thing to be talking about. Sorry, like I said, I'm kind of loopy. So let's get into some filler. Everything he's saying is nonsense and he's fooling them. I got back into Letterkenny. I talked about this show a bunch on um, this podcast. Letterkenny, the uh, very popular... Kind of very popular, but also kind of like underground, I feel in the same way, because like it's got a huge following, but there's also a lot of people that have no idea what it is because it is a show that's available on Hulu. It's not like a network show, but it's really like a pretty basic show. I mean, like most of the laughs in this show are just based on the like it's it's clever writing because there's a lot of like puns and wordplay and like a lot of really quick cuts with like how these characters act it's kind of hard to describe because i mean like there's not a lot of shows like it but at times it just gets like it runs thin and especially where they're at now or actually where i'm at which is season 10 and these they used to before covid they were putting out two seasons a year there would be one around like um, like the middle of the year, like in July, and then the next one would come out in uh, December. But they're really short seasons; they're only like seven episodes. And then they would sometimes they would put out like a holiday special. So when COVID hit, they were on season nine, and it was like even at that point, kind of starting to go downhill. Like it was just kind of wearing thin. Like I said, and. Then season 10 finally came out, the long awaited season 10 that was after COVID, or at least COVID was still a thing, but they were able to film. And it was just completely different. Like you could tell there was social distancing in the show. And that was like, I, I don't care about that. That was fine. But it was like almost like they had to work on a schedule with certain actors. Like these actors could only be here with these actors because you saw a lot of the same pairings. That you wouldn't really see in other episodes. So, yeah, there were just like really long scenes with, like, okay, this group, like the skids, and then this group, the, I don't know, the, the, the Texas, the guys from uh, the United States, like the, of course they're like hillbillies, whatever they're like uh, you know, they wear like cowboy hats and they wear cowboy boots and uh but anyway, so I don't know. There was just like it wasn't as funny. And then like some of the the wordplay and stuff just fucking went on for way too long, kind of like this review of Letter Kenny that I'm doing right now. But anyway, um I stopped like mid season 10, I don't know, months back. So I finally went back into it and like I'm still laughing a little bit, but it's at times for, for as kind of dumb as the show is they take themselves almost too seriously at times. Like when they try to be dramatic and it just comes off as like stupid, I guess. I I don't know. Like there was a one in this, if you know the show when like Wayne finally met Shorzy, a character that is faceless, we never see him. He's very funny, very crude, like just a, a dick, but it is played by the same actor. That's why we never see his face. So there was like an episode in season 10 where, um, what the hell is uh, Wayne is watching Shorzy play hockey for like a few days. And then like Shorzy's getting shipped off to some new hockey team and they like stop it. And, and like, they do like a real good, like handshake and stuff. And it's like, what the fuck? We've never seen these two ever interact. Like even though, you know, Wayne's the main character of the show Shorzy's just a character that came in like season, I don't know, maybe in the beginning, I don't remember, but he's not in it that much. So I don't know. It was the music and everything was like, am I supposed to be like feeling the, the drama here? Um, I wasn't. But uh, also, what else am I watching? Um, and that was kind of an abrupt ending. But yeah, it's just, yeah, with Letter Candy. Like, I'm going to get there. There is a new season out, uh, season 11, that I'll, like I said, I'll eventually get to. But who knows when. Uh, the Mandalorian. I forgot to talk about that last week. Uh, Also back on Disney Plus, this is season three. And I can't believe that it's been, it's been like almost two years since the last season ended. And I think the reason it didn't seem that long was because they, they put two episodes of the Mandalorian right in the fucking middle or no, I'm sorry. It was one episode in the middle of the book of Boba Fett. And then he appeared again in the, the season uh, finale for book of Boba Fett season one should be the series finale. Cause that shows garbage. Um, but yeah, like the Mandalorian played by Pedro Pascal, who is hot right now, he is in that. And then he's also in the last of us, which my sister and I are covering on the horror podcast. If you want to check that out, but he's, um, yeah, I mean, like just, a, it's a very, very easy to watch, very likable show. You got baby Yoda, Grogu. So that, you know, the show is always going to have him. <laughs> uh, people love that. Little kids like it. So the show pretty much caters to everyone. And I mean, like, it looks good. Uh, the The special effects and the CGI look pretty damn good with all these Star Wars shows because they have so much money and the technology they have. But this one, it just like, and, and it's pretty basic. It's... Like almost every episode is, okay, we're going to this planet because we need this thing. We're going to get this thing. We're going to talk to someone and then they're going to tell us, okay, now you got to go to that planet to get this and then bring it back and we can do, okay. So they'll go there, do that, and it's just like kind of an endless cycle. Like every episode is basically just a new adventure. And then they kind of all of a sudden come up with something that's going to be the finale. Like, okay, here's, here's where you're trying to get to, but I don't know. It's, it's a good show. Like this. uh, Two episodes so far for season three. I think they've been okay. They like I, I'm I'm watching the the Mandalorians fly around and shoot and stuff. And I was kind of thinking like Peter Quill, Star Lord from uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, the MCU. He's essentially a, a Mandalorian, like what he does. He just flies around and, you know, he's he doesn't have like superhuman strength or powers. He just has good, awesome weapons. I wouldn't say like because like Iron Man obviously has is way stronger than all of them. But yeah, I think Peter Quill is essentially yeah a Mandalorian. He can be killed just as easily as they can. So uh, and then the last thing I wanted to talk about real quick, Scream 6. I apologize if if uh, <laughs> I offend anyone here, but come on. Like, I, I don't understand. Well, they, they make tons of money, but these things are just dumb to me by this point. I And I've talked about it. I, I, I After the first scream, I think they kind of all are just pointless. But this is, I, it's like the Fast and the Furious. I mean, these things make a ton of money. So I'm answering my own questions as far as why they're making it. But I was just thinking like the other day, you know, these scream movies, there's always like, there's always two killers and they, they know who they're going to be killing. They got to go through this whole thing. Like they, they got to get the, the masks on. They got to make these elaborate plans and, and shit. And why not just like, if you already know who you want to kill, just like as yourself, invite that person. Hey, do you want to come over to watch a movie? And then just fucking kill them there because they're not going to be expecting it. You know, whereas opposed you're like all right. And this is the guy I imagine when the two of them are talking together, they're like using the voice things. He's like, and then we're gonna, <clears throat> we're gonna meet up at the house and we're gonna kill all of them. And the other guy's just like, well, wh- wait a minute. Why do we even have to do this? Why can't, uh, I'll just take Sydney out and, and, and I'll kill her myself. And then I'll just dump her in the woods. And then the other guy's just like, that would be a lot easier, but that's a stupid idea. I'm really sorry. Again, I'm, I'm very loopy right now, but yeah, and, and I guess there's already reports for, like, a Scream 7 coming out. It's like, come on! But I am a, a big advocate for, uh, if you don't like it, don't fucking watch it. So, I'm kind of a hypocrite. But anyway, good luck to Scream 6. It's a it's a horror franchise, and we need more strong horror franchises uh, staying strong. So, anyway, uh, that came out this Friday. I'll see it eventually, just because I review horror movies, so I'll I'll check it out, but I'm not, like, overly, uh, uh, excited. So, all right, let's, uh, let's talk about this episode, season one, episode four, Boys Club, directed by Michael McCullers, written by Greg Daniels, Michael Schur, and Alan Yang. Alan Yang is, uh, Chang, the bass player for Mouse Rat, who I have been talking about the last couple weeks because Andy keeps mentioning that, uh, they need a new bassist. So, um, until I get answers, I'm going to I'm going to mention it every time he says something about those bassists and why uh, Chang was either not in the band at that time or if he was and they tried to get rid of him and they couldn't find a replacement. So let's start with the cold open. You got uh, Leslie and Tom. They're called out to a nature trail, uh, which is funny because the last episode started off with Leslie and Jerry on a nature trail. But in that one, Leslie uh, ate the the country honeysuckle that made... They were kind of tough, like this. So uh, they are called out to another nature trail or maybe the same one, I don't know, because there are reportedly teenagers digging dog shit bags out of the trash and throwing them at each other, which Leslie says that she thinks it's a fake call. And they are both shocked, though, Tom and Leslie, to see when they show up, there are a bunch of kids like, yeah, just whipping bags at each other. And it's so funny, Tom immediately, he's just like, nope. He's like, I'm not dealing with this. And he just walks away. Like it, Leslie doesn't even say anything because I think at that point, like, what are you going to say to your employee? It's like, no, get out of here. And it's like what you're telling me that I have to deal with, like literal dog feces, maybe even human feces, who knows. But uh, so Leslie, you know, she's like, whatever, I'm going to, I'm going to trudge on. She tells the kids to stop and they just kind of start whipping the bags at her. So (laughs) she starts retaliating. She goes over and she grabs a trash can lid, which is funny. I watched Captain America uh, last night. So the part where he the first one where he rips the door off the taxi cab and uses it as a shield at one point. I was thinking of that. But yeah, Leslie is using the top of a garbage lid and she's uh, doing a pretty good job, like pushing these things down and knocking them away. And then she actually, which I love, she does the whole like, oh, all right, you want some of this too? Like she starts her own trash talk and she literally starts picking up these bags and she starts engaging. She's throwing these things back. It's awesome because she's doing a great job blocking them. And she's like throwing sidearms so she can keep the shield up and stuff. But so it's it's actually really funny, but it is very disgusting. And like I said, her just like, all right, here we go. Who wants it? And, and these kids, it's As gross as it is, it's still funny because it's like those videos you see sometimes on like uh, social media where like the police actually get involved and you see them, you know, and I I, not to get political or anything. But when you see like the the, the videos of the police, like playing basketball with kids and stuff like that, it's just awesome, like to see uh, them engaging. So I think maybe these kids are like, oh, she's like a city official. And uh, it's awesome that she's playing, even though it's disgusting. So. All right. So we jump into the office. We're in City Hall. Uh, Did I say we jump into the office? We jump into the episode. We are in City Hall uh, in the Parks Department. Jerry starts off. We got him and he's showing us that the Parks Department received a very nice gift basket that was sent by Norton Construction. Again, with this rewatch I'm going through, never realized Norton Construction is the company that we will find out Mark Brendanowitz leaves the Parks Department to go work for. So, yeah, when he was leaving, he's like, I took a deal with Norton Construction. And again, it just when I heard them say Norton Construction, it's like, wait, the name. So I actually checked just to make sure I Googled Norton Construction, you know, Parks and Rec. And it says, say, that's the company that Ben went to go work for um, when he leaves at the end of season two. So uh, let's see. After uh, after Tom, Jerry, and Donna fawn over the basket, Leslie kills the mood by saying that they can't open it because they can't accept any gift over $25 because of corruption reasons. Of course, Leslie would do that. Uh, a $25 gift, gift basket, she's worried. And I guess when you see, like, when we get closer to the end, there is like an ethics hearing basically for her and you see that thing, like... St- nonsense like this in Pawnee is like kind of a big deal. So it's just, it's kind of funny that she says corruption reasons, but it's like, well, I guess they, they can kind of. So it, it it's kind of funny how ridiculous it gets. Uh, we get a groan out of Donna and that is officially the first time Retta speaks in uh, this series. Uh, so episode four, she, she, she will talk, but yeah, this is the first actual sound we hear um, emitted from her. So. Um, Yeah, I guess. Uh, Leslie hides the basket in her office. Uh, We then get a quick voiceover showing Tom using his city employee badge to get things like free food from city vendors. And this is like he's going because he's talking about how he's connected and whatnot. And it shows him like, you know, uh, saying he doesn't do things like this. And the scene, you know, with the voiceover, it actually shows him like he goes up to a hot dog vendor and he's just like, it's official parks business. You know, he like cuts in front of everyone and just takes it. And it's funny too, because like the vendor, I think is even like the fuck, like was I, I Is that guy like uh, uh, above me, <laughs> which he probably isn't. Uh, so he's probably, he's wondering like why this guy just got a free hot dog. So, uh, and Leslie and Tom gather around April who has, uh, she created the social media page for the pit. So basically just like, you know, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. She um, she just created a page. We see that uh, the the page has already six friends. I was trying to look at all the different names. One of them uh, one of them's is Mark Brendanowicz, which they point out. And then I, it's either Anne or April. They're they're also friends. And then there are four other ones they show. And I was really trying to figure out if these were characters from the show that we've met before, but it was too blurry and I couldn't uh, like a couple. There were a couple ideas I had, but like I said, they were too blurry, so I couldn't really figure it out. So again, since Mark is following this page, we uh, we find out like a little bit more about his kind of like his not shady past, but his more like wild, wild boy, party boy past as they click on his profile. And Tom actually Tom's the one that tells him he's just like, oh, you got to check this out. Check out these chicks that Mark hangs out with. And so it's, yeah, it's a lot of pictures of Mark, like with, you know, just like party girls, like him on like beaches and stuff, a lot of girls in bikinis, uh, whatnot, you know, nothing. And I hate it when people use social media, like granted, yes, if they're like scandalous pictures, you know, like you're smoking a a joint or something in the background, but if it's just like you, you know, like kind of going off topic here, but like I'm on Instagram And when two people will start getting into a fight about something stupid, when they start bringing in like profile stuff, it's like, Oh yeah. Like I'm going to listen to a dude who listens to the beastie boys. Cause like in his profile picture, that person actually went in and noticed he's, you know, stupid things like that, like petty things. So that's why I think here, uh, like Anne and Leslie, they're being like, they're like almost jealous in a way, but also like Leslie, at least I feel Anne is more just kind of just, unnecessarily because she barely even knows Mark. So, um, all right. We see that. Yeah. So he's, oh, whoa, what am I talking about? So as they're looking at these pictures of Mark, uh, we see that he's actually out in, uh, the little courtyard in the middle of the, the building. He's hanging out with some co-workers and, uh, Leslie calls it the boys club. And she talks about how, the government has always been a boys club as she shows us the wall of former city councilors. This is actually, I love that they foreshadow it because Leslie at the end of season four will slide her picture in there, which is so awesome. I love it. And uh, just a little Easter egg here, this city hall wall that they show, not the whole wall. At least I don't think it's the whole wall, but I know there's at least a, a line of those guys. And I think it's towards the bottom in one of the later episodes of The Good Place, they are in uh, The Bad Place. And you see actually like the Hall of Fame or whatever. They literally just took these same exact pictures from Parks and Rec and just put them on the wall. So that's another spot where, which I love too, them alluding to the fact that all the city councilors are in The Bad Place. If you haven't seen the show, they don't call it hell. They just call it The Bad Place. But yeah, it was just pretty awesome. Again, Michael Schur, uh creator of both shows. So that was pretty awesome. Um, we do see... Actually, just another kind of Easter egg with this wall of city councilors. If you look, uh, if you're watching the episode, Leslie, where she's standing on the screen, if you look to the right of her, you can see one woman on that wall. And someone pointed this out to me on the Parks Rec memes page like a a while back, maybe a couple of years ago, because I never noticed that woman on there. Because later on in uh, season five, the episode Women in Garbage, the episode starts off with Leslie, April, and Anne talking to this woman. Uh, her name is Paula Hork, another just amazing parts in Rec Pawnee named Hork. Um, and, yeah, she tells us that she was the uh, the first and the only female city counselor. And basically, which actually kind of leads back to the name of this title, Boys Club. Um, she talks about how, yeah, the men were just very disrespectful to her. And they were always wearing, I think she says they would actually wear, uh, wear, wear, mirrors like taped to their shoes so they could look up her dress and stuff so leslie and ann they're still watching the boys club out there and we get this really funny scene what are they doing out there wheeling and kneeling divvying up the empire yeah, my wife got me the shirt she swears it makes me look thinner it kind of does and the reason it's uh it's it's so funny is because you know Anne and leslie they're on the inside they're they're watching this and that's, you know, Leslie or Anne. I think Leslie has talked up this boys club. So Anne is kind of curious and she's just overselling it. And then you see outside Mark talking to this dude. It's like, that's what most dudes really are talking about (laughs) most of the time, at least like kind of middle-aged married dudes. It's not like, Oh dude, I went to Vegas last week uh, or uh, it was the, the UFC fight. I like a lot of like Mark's not married, but this dude is. And you know, it's just, yeah, it's that it reminds me of that meme, the one, the popular one where uh, the wife is like looking at her husband in bed and he's curled over, like contemplating something. and she's saying, like, "Oh, I bet he's cheating on me." And then whatever he's thinking of is something completely ridiculous. Like I actually used that meme once, and it was uh, her. Uh, I bet he's he's thinking about his mistress and then him saying, how did John Ralphio and Tom afford that end of the year party with (laughs) $10,000? So it's just, yeah, it kind of reminded me of that because it's like, nope, that's not at all what they're talking about. So, all right. So uh, Leslie and Anne, they're just like, you know what? Screw it. Let's go outside. Let's hang out with the boys. And of course, uh, Leslie has to make it uh, all dramatic. The guys are just kind of like yeah, sure. You know, come on out. Hey. Cause like actually right when she walks out, she's kind of got this like little strut she's doing and uh, Mark's out there with his beer. He's like, Hey, Leslie, you know, like he invites her out. So it's already Leslie making the situation more than it is like, Oh, it's the boys club. But they're just like, yeah, come on out. hang with us. So uh, in true uh, Leslie note fashion, awkward fashion, she immediately like knocks the table over. That's got all the beers on it. And it's, it's kind of like, they, they don't really sh- I guess there's a cooler they show later, but you really wonder like where all these beers came from and how many they had, because it's like daytime and then it goes into night and it's like it seemed like they only had I don't know, maybe they're not problem drinkers. They they can actually nurse their beers. But uh, again, this is uh, earlier in the show when they kind of alluded to the fact that Leslie was a heavy drinker, which uh, we'll get more to that uh, more more on that in a little bit. So um. Yeah, like Anne and uh, Anne and uh, Leslie, they kind of, uh, they immediately start giving Mark shit about his profile pictures, which, like I said, it just seems like very low and kind of petty for them and almost, like, I don't think Anne, I don't know, there's something kind of at the end of the episode that happens that maybe... You think that maybe Anne kind of, I might be way off base here, but I mean, they do end up dating in season two, but it seems like Anne might kind of like Mark a little bit. And I like, I'll get to that. But uh, so, yeah, because you you wonder with Anne, why, why she cares so much? Like, I can see Leslie being jealous because she's still in love with the guy. So um, he says, though, he's just like, you know what, I've changed and I don't really hang out with those people anymore. So uh, they, they they just kind of let it go. Uh, the beer eventually runs out, uh, but before anyone can leave, because they're about to, Leslie's like, oh, wait, no, 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 hold on. Uh, the, the party's just starting. And Mark's like, oh, yeah, because uh, parties usually start when you run out of beer. So <laughs> Leslie runs into the office and it's kind of funny. So the gift basket before I didn't say what was in it. It was like three bottles of wine and a bunch of cheeses. That's why everyone wanted the basket. They didn't. I don't think they really cared about the wine. They just wanted the cheeses. But. It's funny because Leslie goes in there and she starts like checking through the fridge and stuff, completely forgetting that this wine was in there. But I love that love that she thinks there would be alcohol in the office fridge. Like, wh- what was she expecting to find? Uh, granted, Ron keeps you know like a uh, Lagavulin in his desk, but she doesn't even go there. She goes to the fridge and then she's like, "Oh yeah," so she remembers about. uh So she yeah, she remembers about the gift basket. She brings everything out and she's like, I got wine and it's either two or three bottles. I don't remember. But, you know, everyone's like, yeah. And she's like, and cheese and they cheer again. So uh, here's Leslie to uh, save the day. The next day uh, we see Leslie sitting at her desk and she's giving like a taped confession, which I wonder if I don't know if she actually has. I assume she just has the camera guys that are filming this show, which is still so weird that they never explained this. Like they did it in the office and they did a great job explaining that in Parks and Rec. They never did. But anyway, uh, yeah, Leslie is talking about like her transgressions from the night before. She's really like upset that she did this because she broke the rules. Uh, One, she was drinking at work and then two, she opened up this gift gift basket. So now she's full on corrupt. It's like, Oh, it's going to happen. Uh, so she's, it's funny. There's like a couple more of these that she keeps recording. And I think there's like two or three of them, but like, as they go on, she's getting sadder and like sobbing more. So uh, we cut over to Anne's house and she's actually getting ready to go work a double at uh, the hospital. She asked Andy if he can clean up. And this is it's just like season one, Andy, you just don't really get enough out of him because he's he's usually just sitting down because he has the two broken legs. So I'm happy that in this episode, they finally like focus on him a little bit more. And he tells her, yeah, like I said, I'll I'll see what I can do. He does have planned in his mind, though, that he was absolutely going to do this. So kind of out of character for Andy, but eh, you know what? He does nice things every once in a while. So we'll get back to that. All right. So now we are back at City Hall. Leslie shows everyone like in the parks department that she opened up the gift basket and she confesses to, uh, eating the cheese, you know, and give giving out the wine and everything. Uh, Tom, Tom gives her a little shit, gives her a little shit. He gives her some shit, you know, about it. And, uh, Jerry calls her out too, actually, because he talks about a time where he Leslie wouldn't let him leave because his mom was in the hospital or something. It's like really like, it's, it's good. It's probably the first time we actually get, um, about how Jerry is treated there, you know, that his mom was sick and Leslie wouldn't let him leave. And basically, he he gets her on this one. She's just kind of like, eh, whatever, you know, because she knows she lost. So um, but but really, they don't care, you know, like Leslie, you know, they're just kind of like, oh, great. Okay, we're just going to give you a little shit about it. But like, we don't care that you that you took the gift basket. um, And then Donna, this is actually when Donna says, uh, can I have the basket? So her first actual speaking line, Retta, welcome to the show. And that's basically her just saying, like, I'll take what's left of it. I don't care about that. The wine's gone. She wants, like, the rest of the good stuff. Uh, So Leslie tells the whole story, everything that happened to Ron, who also doesn't seem to care much. And uh, she, she just thinks that he did something terribly wrong. Ron tells her, Leslie, let it go. It's not a big deal. You know, like no one saw this happen. No one is, they're not doing inventory on these gift baskets. No one's going to come see that you opened it. Don't make it a big deal. So uh, sure enough, Leslie uh, does another uh, one of these confession things. And uh, she sends it to City Hall. And this is her confession. Good afternoon. Since we last spoke. I have taken extraordinary steps to make further amends for the mistakes that I've made. I have written a full confession, which I will be emailing to everyone in the entire Pawnee government. I've also attached a link to the PITS webpage, just to remind people of all the good work that I do. I asked Ron to blow the whistle on me, and he refused. And that is why I had to whistleblow myself. <laughs> okay, so uh, we cut back to Anne's house, and we see that Andy is cleaning the house. Uh, this is one of like my, I just like, I really love this in the episode, Andy, he's still on his crutches. So it's like, he's doing a great job. Like he's using his crutches a lot to lift things up to, you know, and I I don't know, but he goes, uh, you know, he goes out the side of Ann's house because again, she lives next door to lot 38 where the pit is. And Andy, he's just like still on the crutches, just chucking the garbage bags into the pit. I, I it's so funny because for one, he walks past Ann's garbage bins and it's like, so what he's, you know, they're paying for the garbage there, but he's just chucking them into the, the pit and he waves over. And then the camera shows, I don't know, a hundred, 200 feet away on the other side of the pit. There's another dude with like three bags of garbage and he's just tossing his bags in there. So he just waves over at Andy. So I love this because like, I remember years back, uh, we were having a problem with people because we used to live across the street, literally from like a park with a big. Uh, well, it used to be a school. Now it's just it's just a big field, and there's a parking lot that's still there that kind of cuts through to the other one. So there's no street lights there. So you always got these like teenagers and like these d bags that are always just like hanging out there, and um, what the hell am I even talking about here? Oh, we, yeah, there was a problem where uh, people were literally for for like a, a week straight just leaving bags of garbage like in the middle of that. Like people were driving out here and just dropping their garbage because they, they didn't want to pay for it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, like just crap like that, like people will try to get out of paying for garbage by like throwing it in other like you literally driving to apartment complexes and throwing their garbage there and it's yeah so I just I thought it was pretty funny because it was very like it hit close to home like that dude just chucking his garbage in there cuz he doesn't want to pay to have it uh, picked up. Um all right so now we're back to city hall everyone's watching a video that April put on the pits homepage and this is like one of the first times with April where you're like wow what a selfish little brat. So she uploaded a video of her drinking some of the wine from the basket. I don't know if this was before or after. Like, she might have actually, I don't know actually the timing with this because, like, it's the next day when all this is happening, but April's clearly sober at this point. Unless, yeah. Oh, well, you know what? I forgot earlier in the episode, she does call her sister, Natalie, and she's like, Natalie, come pick me up or I'm going to draw all over your pants. And she actually is already in the process and she's completely written all over the pants. But I wonder if she still hadn't been picked up. Maybe she says this. I don't remember, but that may have been why uh, April was there late. So maybe she actually, maybe Leslie brought the wine back in that they hadn't uh, drank and maybe... April just finished it off. Cause it doesn't make any sense if Leslie opened the gift bag, but if, cause if April had already been in there, Leslie would have known and she would have been like, why is this open already? But she didn't say anything. So that's gotta be what it is. Problem solved. All right. Um, but yeah, so they're watching this video and Leslie's like, what, what is this April? What are you doing? April's just very nonchalant and kind of careless about it. She's like, well, you know, like, wine's good. And I'd like getting drunk. Plus my hair looked really good. So it's like, it's funny, but it's also, again, like she just, she clearly doesn't care. I mean, like at this point in the show, she's still the intern and doesn't really give a rat's ass about the job. So it's like, yeah, if I get fired, I get fired. So, as they're watching this, Ron comes out of his office and he's pissed. I mean, he's just very stoic. And he says to Leslie, you should have just left it alone because now uh, April has posted this video on the pit, drew more attention to it because Leslie uh, you know, got the city, uh, basically the disciplinary team or whatever involved. So now they see this video of April, who is underage. She's only 19 years old. And it clearly shows that she is, uh, she's drunk. So there's no discipline for April though, which is kind of bullshit. Like I feel like she would have gotten fired it, but either way, I mean, like glad she didn't cause we all love April. So um, Ron tells Leslie though, that she could actually lose her job because of that, because April being underage. And then uh, when Leslie starts to freak out about this, Ron tries like the best he can to, to calm her down. You know, he's like, cause I think he was trying to get her scared and then she actually showed him how afraid she was. And he's like, Uh, uh, like he doesn't know how to deal with it because he's just like a manly man. It's like uh, trying to show feelings. So he, like I said, he deals with it the best way he can, which is kind of how he does in the uh, flu season when April is like, you know, when he comes to comfort her and he just like kind of pats her on the shoulder. And it's like really awkward, but April knows that that's Ron's way of reciprocating, you know, and he's, he's just an awkward person. But that's what he does with Leslie. He kind of like, pats her on the shoulder to like calm her down a little bit. But uh, Leslie is genuinely scared at this moment that she's going to get fired. So uh before the hearing, Tom is just like, he asks Leslie if she wants to sit down and he's like, oh, I'm just going to kind of ask you some of these questions, maybe to prepare for the disciplinary committee. Um Naturally though, it's Tom. So he's just like fucking with Leslie. And he just asks her like a bunch of stupid questions. And one of them though, he's like, how much do you drink? Um And she's like, uh once a week. And he's like, I'm going to put more like six to 10 drinks, you know? And she's like, yeah, that sounds more accurate. So that's, again, that is one of the kind of things with Leslie that dies at the end of season one is that in here, it made it seem like she was more of like, sit home by yourself and just kind of like pity drink. I don't know. Maybe I'm just, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it doesn't, but I, that's, that's how I always got the, or that's what I always thought of it. So yeah, he's asking her other questions. Like how many sexual partners have you had in the past year? And I love that Leslie, she's just like, are they really going to ask that? And Tom's like, yeah, of course. You know, so he starts, uh, he starts getting her like all crazy and everything. And he does say, he's like, um, he's like, do you have, do you have dreams about Ron Swanson? Is he a centaur in your dreams? Which again, a little more foreshadowing because Leslie and Tom will both be drawn as centaurs in uh, the season three episode, Jerry's Painting, or maybe it's four. I think it's season three, but yeah, kind of like that they use specifically use uh, centaurs. All right, so uh, Leslie is now at her hearing. She is incredibly nervous. She's, like, knocking things over more, which we saw earlier in the episode when she was nervous meeting the boys. She knocked a table over here. She's very nervous, and she's, like, kind of clinking glasses as she's trying to fill it up. Uh, She's bumbling along, and then she tells her story about the boys' club and what happened that night. Uh, Besides the April thing, no one really cares about the basket. Like I said, even these guys who are interrogating her or whatever, the disciplinary uh, team, they're more just like, all right, well, we have an under, this is a problem because an underage girl posted herself drinking inside this building, like in your department. So, uh, we cut back over to Andy and Ann's, uh, Andy is in the backyard bathing in a kiddie pool. Uh, it's, it's funny cause I mean, he's just, this is literally one of those plastic kiddie pools, like the blue ones with the kind of like drawings on the side where they're maybe like four feet, five feet in diameter. So he's, uh, he's like just laying in this thing and that's how he's bathing because both of his legs need to be outside of the water because he has a two casts on. So he's, uh, he's just like, he's listening to mouse rat, but well, they're not called mouse rat at the time. I forgot what they're called. They're like just the tip or something uh, here or scarecrow boat. But you can hear that song playing in the background and Andy will actually play this song live with his band and dedicate this song to Anne. He's like, I wrote this song for her. So Again, you'll hear it uh, in a couple episodes, but I believe that's the same one that's playing on his radio. So uh, his neighbor, Lawrence, he was the guy that we saw in episode two. He's the one that tell, tell, told, tell, told, tell, told, he told Leslie, hey, Parks lady, you suck when she walked out and he was complaining that um, Andy always plays loud music and it disturbs his birds. So uh, yeah, this guy, Lawrence, he asks andy he's like turn it down you know the music's too loud Andy's in the tub he's just careless he doesn't give a shit he's just like ah screw you i'm not gonna do that so the guy lawrence he walks over and he just grabs the radio and he's like then you know what he's like i'm taking this and andy starts screaming at him he's like to put it down and one of the funniest things that really hits hard for me is because he's just like i just put 12 new batteries in that thing and this is a boombox 12 batteries it was 12 D batteries. So those are the biggest, well, besides like the nine volt ones or the, like the big rectangular ones. But um, yeah, 12, 12 D batteries is heavy. So that's why like boom boxes were so funny. And you like, how much it would cost to put that many batteries in there for this thing to probably last like three hours before it would die. But that's why it's just, it was so funny when he, he has to yell out. I just put like, that's his reason for like, dude, don't take my radio. I just put the obviously him also stealing the radio, but emphasizing on uh, the 12 new batteries. Um, so then, uh, yeah, Andy is like chasing Lawrence down the street, and Lawrence is just running very slowly, like taunting him with the radio, like, Oh, come on, come on, do Andy, butt ass naked, uh, except for the two casts, literally. He's just going, he's down the middle of the road. Like, in this is the first time we see Andy naked in the show. We do see him naked two other times <laughs> the one time when he shows up at Ann's house and he's butt naked, and then the other time in season seven when, um, Ron and Leslie, like when they're, I think it's, yeah, it's the first episode of season seven when Ron, uh, Andy and April are talking about how they don't do anything spontaneous anymore. And they're at like a gala and Andy's just pantless and it's like blurred out. So um, yeah, very, very uh, self-assured man. <laughs> Likes being naked. Uh, kind of like Jason Siegel, actually. Um, Tim, Tim, we talked about Jason Siegel as weekend. Anyway. All right. So um, we're back at the hearing. Leslie is still being questioned. Uh, and then finally, Ron just gets pissed off. And I, I love that this is, this is where we see the Ron that we know moving forward. Because Ron, he just tells these guys basically, he's just like, we're done here. This is stupid. You've been asking her the same stupid questions over and over and over. We know what happened already. If you want to get to her, you're going to have to go through me. So he just, you know, Leslie's like, oh, are we done? He's like, we're done. And they just get up and walk out. And the guys that were doing this, uh, investigation, none of them are like shocked or anything. They're more just like, okay, good. This thing's this stupid thing's finally over, even though they were drawing it out, but it was still, I can't remember if it was this one. There is another one though, where I believe Leslie is actually the one that called like it. They did it because she's, she basically ratted herself out. I can't remember if it was this one or the other one. Either way, we'll get to it at some point. So, um, uh, the episode ends uh, basically with Anne and Leslie just talking about everything that happened. And this is the part I was talking about before where you're not sure Anne's feelings about Mark because Leslie confesses to Anne because Anne asks her, why, why did you do all this? Like, why did you even open that, that gift basket knowing that we were going to get in trouble for this? And Leslie tells her because of Mark. And that's when Anne is like, huh, like she kind of the face she makes, which she does do a talking head. And she's like, um, Leslie's a great person. Maybe she doesn't have the the best taste in men. But then she says right after she's like, then again, who am I to talk? Because, you know, she's dating Andy. So but it just seemed more to me if you watch the episode when Leslie tells her this Anne has a, a look on her face, almost like, "Ah, oh, crap. Like, so you're wondering at that point is like because Mark will hit on her in uh, the uh, two episodes from now rock show, but did he already maybe like off screen, like make a pass at her or whatever, or does she, again? maybe is she already like, well, this guy's kind of cute. Like he'd probably be a good boyfriend. He's, you know, he, he's successful or he's like got a steady job and whatnot. Probably not. But again, just had to throw that out there. Cause I noticed it. Uh, and then Ann, uh, Leslie, of course, has to mention to uh, Anne, uh, again, uh, that they had sex. They had a, a wild fling, but she's like in 2004. <laughs> so, yeah, it was like five years ago. All right. So um, I'm sorry, that actually wasn't the very end of the episode. Uh, we go, we get back to Anne's house and we do see that Andy has cleaned the house and it looks great. And he actually looks good. He's dressed himself up. He's got, uh, you know, he did his hair. And he comments that he's going to get laid tonight. And Ann's just like, Andy, you know, and uh, that's the end of the episode. Uh, but then we have the tag. And uh, this is just uh, this is before the tag started being like funnier. I feel like these were literally just the ending of the episode that they're just like, OK, they just cut it and then just added it back on without like actually writing a different. I don't know. But uh, Mark goes into Leslie's office. He gives her a beer and uh, welcomes her to the boys club. So. That's the episode. Um, this uh, episode on IMDb is uh, sitting at right right now at a seven point three out of ten. So every episode, starting with the pilot, has gone up a little bit. I think it was six point nine, then seven, then seven point one, and then this one was a seven point two. So show's getting better. Um, all right. So uh, now I'm just going to go over a little bit of uh, IMDb trivia again. If you uh, are on a uh, Aware of what this is, I'm just uh, for the episodes going on IMDb, and then yeah, this is these are just kind of like special things that maybe I didn't mention. Some of them maybe that I did mention. Uh, the first one, one that I did mention, Reda's first episode in which she speaks. So yep, pointed that out. All right, uh, in the courtyard, the boys' club is seen drinking Upland Dragonfly IPA. Upland Brewing Company is, pop, it is a popular Bloomington, Indiana brewery and brew pub, and it distributes several several varieties of beer all across the state. It's pretty cool. Didn't know that. So giving a little shout out to the hometown brewers. Next one. One thing that gets Leslie in trouble is when April, her intern, posts a video of herself drinking wine provided by Leslie. This is a problem because April is only 19. However, at that time, Aubrey Plaza was 25 years old. So that's kind of cool to know. And finally, in this episode, when Ron and Leslie are waiting to go into the deposition room, uh, Ron is seen to be using a mobile phone or like a uh, Blackberry, actually. This is contradictory to Ron's character in later episodes where he doesn't even know what an iPod slash iPhone is and has a very uh, basic old style phone. So yeah, that's a good point. Um, I don't, I'm not saying that it's like, oh, you guys screwed up there. I mean, maybe he, did. And then, uh, cause Blackberries obviously weren't smartphones, you know, like they, they had keypads on them. So it was like a little keyboard, but, um, I don't know. So, um, yeah. All right. That is, uh, that, that's the end of uh, that episode. We're going to, uh, next week, we'll be continuing with, uh, episode five, the banquet, but that is going to wrap up this episode. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening. If you'd like to contact me or the show, so there's in at gmail.com is how you can do that. You can also like and follow on Instagram at Citizens of Pawnee Podcast and at Parks Rec Memes. New episodes released on Tuesdays. Happy birthday, Mikey. Love you, buddy. Again, thank you all for listening to Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation Podcast. My name is Brian, and I'll see you next week. Bloosh was run by Annabelle Porter.